G'day, podcasters. Usually, there's two of us on this podcast. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that. Unfortunately, today, Bex is still off sick. So I'm just, you know, doing my bit, slugging my guts out, working my hardest. You know how it is being the, you know, premier member of the team. Just kidding. He'll kill me for saying that. Uh, but in this podcast, we talk about ringeries. It's a term I made up myself. It's basically when you get an injury that's due to a ring. Okay. See what I did there? Speak to a snake catcher who's just caught a whole bunch of snakes. And then we also speak about spider stories. So if you're an arachnophobic, it's probably not the podcast for you because these stories made my skin crawl. I'll tell you what. Uh, Also going to be talking to Isaiah Firebrace. And that's about it. So enjoy. See you tomorrow. So you're in the digital age, eh? Too cool for the radio. So you've downloaded this. You've actually chosen to listen. Sorry in advance. But here goes Ellie and Bex. I saw a video yesterday that shook me to my very core. Uh, It was of a roof in Landsborough that had not one, not two, not three, but four snakes in it. Uh, and it was collected up in a little bag by the Sunshine Coast Snake Catchers 24-7. Stu joins me now. Hello, Stu, the snake catcher. Hi, Ellie. How are you? Oh, I mean, I'm all right. I'm a bit rattled by your video, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So four snakes in the one roof. How is that even possible? Yeah, it's um, they were brown tree snakes, which are obviously mildly venomous. And often, when we find one brown tree snake in a roof, there's usually three or four others. They they generally inhabit roofs uh, in groups, and it just makes a a good little spot for them. Plenty of food, plenty of shelter, and uh, yeah, a good little spot to do what they have to do. So, how do you know if you've got a snake in your roof? Because I hear things in my roof all the time, and I just assume it's like a possum or a rat or something. How do you know if oh, it's a like, snake? Yeah, like a lot of the time it will just be rodents or possums, but I'd say, you know, this is just me throwing stats out here, but I reckon nearly every, you know, one in two houses, half the houses here on the sunny coast would have a snake in them probably at the moment um, or or at least had a snake pass through. So most, most roofs that we jump up in, even if we don't find a snake, they usually have... Uh, you know, skins or, or snake poo up there. But, yeah, generally, to, to be sure, it's usually a bit of sliding noises um, that you hear and usually at night time. But uh, most of the time people actually see the snake go up under the guttering and then disappear, so they kind of know that it's, it's sort of squeezed in under the under the tin or the, or the tiles on the roof. Oh, my God. I'm never going up into my roof as of uh, this very moment. <laughs> um, can they get, like, from the roof inside your house? Is that... Is that's, there any openings? <laughs> that's I get asked that nearly every time I go out to a roof inspection. Yeah. The, oh, it's a tough one. So, yes, they can, but it's very unlikely. So the only way they can generally get through is maybe around like a really loose light fitting or uh, the majority of the um, uh, majority of the light fittings on the uh, on people's homes are usually pretty secure, pretty tight. Mm. Uh, but I guess the other thing is probably through like uh, the exhaust fan in like an old house in the oh, bathroom. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so that's probably the only the other way. Um, but yeah, it definitely can. Ha- it has happened, but more than likely, no. Oh my goodness! So when you're going up into one of these roofs, right? You've got a call from someone. They think that there's a snake in the roof. Do you approach? How do you approach it? Without like, because for me, if I'm thinking I'm sticking my head up into a roof 
could a snake just lunge at me as soon as I get there? Like what safety mechanism do you have in place to stop them from biting uh, you as soon as you get up yeah. there? Yeah, being very careful um, as soon as I open the manhole. It's only happened once where I pushed a manhole open and the snake was on top of the manhole, <laughs> on top of the manhole cover. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. But that's only happened once out of hundreds of roof inspections. But, yeah, it's just about being careful, making sure my torch is on straight away uh, so that I can see what's in front of my face. But, yeah, it's all about – I guess my main thing is not falling through the roof because you've got to be so careful up there and walking along the secure beams and all that sort of thing so yeah. yeah it's a bit a bit of excitement and a bit of danger at the same time <laughs> excitement is probably not the word i'd use like death defying <laughs> fear maybe like <laughs> but yeah well like that you know that four that was one of the most sort of amounts i've caught but i have caught nine before in a roof so oh my yeah. goodness <laughs> you're crazy man but every time i talk to you Stu, i'm just in awe of you so thank you for doing what you do and keeping us all snake free uh, I guess someone has to do it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of hope that I never have to call you to my house. No offence. <laughs> no, no, that's I, I get that a lot. Trust yeah. me, people say they don't really want to see me again, but, hey, we're always available if you need us. There you go. Well, check out that video. It has had nearly 30,000 views on the Sunshine Coast Snake Catchers 24-7 Facebook page. Stu, thanks so much for joining me. No worries, any time. Kelly and Bex. 91.9 CFM. Now, the story I'm about to t- tell you may make your stomach churn just a little bit. So sorry in advance. But 545-11919, the question I'm going to be asking is, have you had a ringery or ringeries? Ring of fire. <laughs> Without Bex here, I get to make up as many fun little openers as I like. And that one I'm very proud of. Uh, now, the reason I want to talk about ringeries this afternoon is because I found a story about a poor tradie down on the sunny coast, not the sunny coast, sunny coast, central coast, um, who was just about to finish up for the day, about to have a nice cold beer, when he um, was packing up his ute, he slipped and his wedding ring got caught on the bolt of a wheelbarrow, right? So you're like, oh, that sounds painful. But then you realise the next thing he says is he watched his finger go flying over the ladder rack and into the back of the ute. His finger actually got lopped completely off. (laughs) I can't even. I cannot even. I mean, here's me, single, right? Not married. So I'm like, cool. But want to find a dude to put a ring on her. Then I think, do I actually want to put a ring on it? Because it actually sounds very, very dangerous. You know what I mean? Um, but if you've had a similar injury where a ring, a wedding ring of or some other sort has caused you a bit of pain, a bit of strife, then give me a call right now. 545-11919. And remember, all our callers go in the running to be our caller of the week, which means you could win 100 bucks to spend at Bella Venezia Italian in Malulaba just by calling me right now. So... Get around it one more time. Ring juries. Ring of fire. Oh, it's so good. Let's go to Colleen in Budroom. Colleen, have you had a ring jury? Have you got a good story? I am calling with a ring jury, not to myself, but one I witnessed when I was a teenager. Oh, okay. All right. I'm firstly very glad that it didn't happen to you, but what did you witness? Oh, yes. Um, when I got to school one day, there was a whole went to a girls' school, and there's a whole bunch of girls gathered around the stairs outside the office, and pushed my way through to see what all the fuss was about. And there was a finger on the stairs, <gasps> and I said, "Don't be ridiculous! It's not real. There's no blood. Let me through. Let me through." Just as one of the teachers came racing out through the doors with a bag of ice, 
and apparently a girl had been swinging on the timber above the stairs and was wearing a little signet ring. And as she dropped down, the signet ring got caught on a screw or a nail and she hung from her signet ring and as the guy with the back of his car, her ringer was finger was ripped off her hand. Oh, my God. Oh. I literally... And I was about to pick it up, <gasps> thinking that... Because there was no blood on it. But it... it had been like a tourniquet. The weight of her pulling on the ring had sort of all the blood had drained out and then there was no, no blood left in it when it came off. Oh, my goodness. That is insane. So do they know... Do you know whether she ever got it reattached or I is she fingerless? I don't know. No, it's so long ago now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but I can still see the finger. It just looked like a fake silicon finger sitting yeah. on the step. Right. Did it? Actually, I was going to say, did it still have bone in it and stuff? Like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The teacher whipped it up and put it in the bag of ice too fast. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. I know I asked for injury stories, but that is that's next level. Colleen, thank you. You're welcome. All right, let's move on to Jason from Sippy Downs. Jason, have you got a injury story? I'm scared to ask. Oh, yeah, I was, I was working underneath my car and um, I put my hand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the starter motor that's uh, connected directly to the car battery. Yeah. And my ring hit that and third degree burns around my finger. <gasps> so what, the ring heated up so much that it burnt yeah, you? It, yeah, elect, like straight away, like being electrocuted. Really? Yeah, and the ring just heated up directly and then it was like a magnet on it as well. Oh, Jace, that's insane. Yeah. That's okay. I'm not married anymore. Uh, so I don't need the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a scar in the shape of a ring now? No, no. It cleared up. That was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Amazing. there's no actual scar. There you go. Well, they're dangerous things, rings, aren't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ellie and Bex. I need to bring you a story that a friend of mine the other day was going to everyone saying, I've got the best story about a spider you need to hear. And I was like, all right, here we go. Let's hear it then. And uh, sure enough, it was a great story. So I said, hey, can you come on my radio show and tell it? And that's why right now I have Jared, also known as Jared from the CFM Street team. Hey, bud. What's going on, Ellie? How are you? I'm well, thanks, bud. I'm I'm only just recovering from the story about the spider that you told. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. You were so desperate to tell the group. You're like, guys, you've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. I was, you know, everyone's telling like, you know, how many have got bruises and scars, and I was like, yeah, all right, well, I'm going to change it up and tell a spider story. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. So share us, share it with us. What happened? Tell us your spider spider story. All right. So when I lived in Sydney, um, my mum was uh, was in the kitchen and I was at a friend's house. And my sister said to my mum, she goes, oh, mum, watch out, there's a spider behind you. And I was like, well, I, I wasn't like, sorry. Mum <laughs> um, sees it and goes, oh, my God. Um, gets it into like a little Makona coffee jars and realised it was a female funnel web spider. So it was like <laughs> a bigger one. And so mum in the morning uh, said to dad, uh, when you go and pick Jared up from his from his mate's house, can you take it to the hospital to milk it for the antivenom? So dad's on his way to come and get me from my mate's place, and then you know my my mate's dad goes, oh, I'll come down for just a just a beer, and so dad comes down, has a you know has just one drink, and we hear an alarm go off, and we're like, oh, oh what's that? Is, is, is Steve, is that your car? And and dad's like, oh no, I've never heard my car alarm, like alarm go off, and so. 
after Dad finishes, here we go up to the car, and they go, oh, you know, I want to come see this spider. So, you know, we go up to the car, Dad opens up the door, and the journalist is sitting in the uh, cup holder of his, of, his, of his car. And I go open the passenger door, and I'm like, Dad, the lid's on the floor. Oh my God. And what happened was the atmosphere, because uh, it was so hot, it popped the lid off the jar and then made the car alarm go off. So now this spider was somewhere in my dad's car, just crawling around, and we literally just left the car for about three hours, <laughs> 14 to the whole thing. And Dad, after like yeah, three hours or so, drove home with his pants tucked into his socks <laughs> and left the car for three three weeks, like just in the garage. Didn't touch it. So, okay, so there's a loose funnel web spider somewhere yeah. in your car. And yeah, did, yeah. did you ever find it? No, we <laughs> never found it. <laughs> never, you know, it, it was just always like, oh, yeah, never going in that thing or just, yeah, always be cautious of oh what happens. But, God. yeah, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty funny but pretty scary at the same time. Yeah. I mean, props to your mum in the first place for getting it in the jar oh, and being like, yeah, yeah I'll hold on to it. Why not? I'd be like just straight, straight away with the mortine. Oh, I would have got a song straight onto it. Like, yes. no, what, what, he's, taking, he's taking it to the hospital and putting it in a jar. Like, no way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, that makes my skin crawl. <laughs> I know. I hate spiders too, so I was like, no, I couldn't do it. Couldn't yeah. Do Were it. you in the car on the way ho- on the way home with the loose oh, spider? No, no. Dad didn't take me. Dad didn't take me. Uh, my, my mate's family dropped me back. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, so, yeah. Jared, I'll give it to you. That is a good spider story, bud. Thank you for yeah. sharing it. No worries. No worries. <laughs> someone can beat that. Yeah, well, let's see. Five four five double one nine one nine Sunny Coast. If you've got a spider story that beats Jared's, I want to hear it. Give us a call right now. Let's go to Robin in Mapleton. Robin, hit us with your spider story, my friend. All right, I was at work one day. It was a shop front right on the footpath parking. Mm-hmm. And this car has parked right in front of my shop. I'm out the front, like, changing a display. They had a canoe on the roof racks of the car. And as the people have gone to open their door and get out, the biggest huntsman I've ever seen, like, bigger than your handstand, it climbed out of the canoe and down the window of the guy that was about to open the door. He just, like, was horrified. And then he's sort of, like, waving at me because it climbed down off the window onto his door, so then he didn't know where it was. He couldn't get out. So I walked over to him, and I've watched this spider. It went around to the back of their car, and it went up under, like, you know, on a station wagon, you put your hand up to open the boot, and it went up into that handle. You could only see, like, two legs. So I'm going to him, it's in there. But, yeah, like, if they hadn't have seen it, they would have put their hand straight up into the handle to, like, open the latch of the back. And it's like, oh, it just, it still gives me the creeps. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank God you were there. Imagine. I know, yeah. That's it, because you can imagine sitting there like, I am not opening my door because I don't know where it is, but I'm going to him. It's okay, it's gone to the boot. But, yeah, you can deal with that. I'm going back in my shop now. Like, oh, my don't God. Don't even ask me. Yeah, yeah and so. burn the canoe. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, I've got a little kayak at home now. I'm going to be scared to ever get it oh, out again. But yeah, you want to be giving that a little freshen up, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> imagine being out on the water and that thing, like, climbing up your arm. Oh. Oh, no, no, that'll do me. Amazing. Thanks for that, Robin. Let's move on to Mick in Bly Bly. Mick, what's your spider story? Yeah, I was living down in Newcastle uh, going on about 10 years ago. We had a pool in our backyard, big reserve out the back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
had a big New Year's Eve, woke up New Year's Day as you do and jumped straight in the pool. Put my hand in the skimmer box and the, and the top of the basket was broken, so I pulled it out, and as I pulled it out, I pulled a dead baby brown snake out. So that was pretty scary in itself. The next day, I hopped in the pool again, and I thought, I'll be a bit more careful now. Pulled the skimmer box out, and as I was emptying it, two male funnel webs got spiders caught straight up my arm. Funnel webs? What? Yeah, two of them. Two of them. I calmly put my hand back in the water, my arm back in the water, and put them underwater and flicked them off underwater. Um, then we, we got them out and put them in bottles. In five days, we pulled 11 male funnel webs out of that <gasps> pool. So it must have been yeah. a nest. Uh, yeah, they were just, we lived on the back of a reserve, and, and it was just a notorious area for them. Uh, summer, they, the males get out looking for a female, and they go looking for water, and you've got to pull there. So, um, yeah, but I, I took them down to the reptile park because we weren't that far from the reptile park up at Summersby there, yeah. and I had, I had 11 of them in jars, and they were all big males. And when I spoke to the bloke, when I told him the first two that I got, he just looked at me and said, dude, he said, get a lottery ticket. And I said, why? And he said, I have never heard of anyone putting their arm in a skimmer box and a spider crawling up their arm and not biting them. He said, it's nearly oh. a given that as soon as they get out, if they if they let and they just bite. <gasps> and you had yeah. two. I had two of them, yeah. <laughs> How did you stay calm? Like, if I, that was me, I just would have started shaking and, like, going crazy. How did you stay calm enough to put um, your, your hand in the water? I don't know. I, I, grew, I grew up out of Central West New South Wales in snake country, and I just always you grow up and, and just become around those sorts of things because if you panic, it's the worst thing you can do. So I've always sort of had that thing to remain calm and I'm glad I did because if I had a panic, I, I'd have got bitten. There yeah. would have been no doubt whatsoever, but I was like slowly move the arm and not make any jerky movements and slowly get it down in the water and put it down in the water because then funnel webs will live 48 hours underwater. Really? The, the hair, yeah, the hairs on their arms get little like air bubbles on them, and they breathe through that. Um, so yeah, we 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 learned after that that um, the, the pool gets vacuumed out every morning before we jump in it. We didn't swim at night over in the summer period when they were out. Yeah. They'll um they'll get on the bottom and they'll they'll sit on leaves and that and you can't actually see them. <gasps> yeah, can they bite you in the water? Leaf. I don't believe they can actually bite you in the water, but what they do is they, they wait for something to get into the water that they can latch onto, so then they'll climb up, and as soon as they hit air, apparently they're very prone to, as soon as they hit air just to bite the first thing that they, they can get because it's just a fear thing for them. So, yeah, oh uh, pretty pretty lucky. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here with goosebumps, and I just had a bat fly by the window, and I jumped out of my skin. I'm that much on edge hearing these stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it made us be careful. I, 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 I'm not scared of snakes or spiders, but I've got... Respect for them. I've, I've been bitten by a snake when I was younger, my own silly fault. Mm. Um, but with snakes, you can generally see them. Like if you've got a snake swimming in your pool, you'll see the snake swimming in your pool. Yeah. If you've got a spider sitting on the bottom of your pool in a heap of gum leaves, you've got no idea that it's there. Oh, my goodness. I'm never swimming in my pool yep. again. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> and Bex. Bex, unfortunately, off sick today. So I'm here holding the fort, which is devastating for Bex because I know that he is going to want to talk to this guy. <laughs> As the wizard last night on the Masked Singer, Isaiah Firebrace. Hello. Hello, Ellie. How are you? I'm well, thanks, bud. More importantly, how are you? What a cracking few performances you put on on that TV show. Oh, thank you very much. I it has. I've been getting such good, you know, feedback from people saying we loved you on the show. You should have. You should have went all the way. Like I gained some good supporters from from the show, but. Yeah, it was, like, so much fun just to be on stage and, you know, for a, this whole year, you know, I haven't been able to perform. So being live on stage and then 
on a TV show as well, providing entertainment. <laughs> was yeah. Just the best. yeah. Was there any part of you when you were dancing with the mask on and singing, was there any part of you were like, I just wish people could see my face? Like, I'm putting on some good facial yeah. expressions right now. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. I was like, damn, I wish I could just take this off and people can actually just see me that, and how I perform. But right. I think people got... I think people got a really good glimpse um, last night when I actually took the mask off and I was performing of of kind of what I'm like on stage. So yeah. I hope they enjoyed. Oh, don't you worry. They did, my friend. So you said you've been, you know, lying pretty low this year. Has COVID just thrown an absolute spanner in your year like it has for the rest of us? Yeah, it has a bit like... And like I was supposed to be, you know, doing live shows this this year and travelling in Australia to do my own shows and stuff like that. So they got cancelled. But even though you know COVID has affected that kind of part of my life, it's actually improved some other parts. Like I've had I've had time to brainstorm like new ideas. Like as an entrepreneur, like I'm going to be releasing a children's book, releasing my own clothing line. What? Um, yeah, so it just really, like, gave me time to, like, do other things and do more modelling. I was in GQ this month. Oh. It's going really well for me, which is which is good. I'm glad I could find the positives in, in such a weird time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good on you. You're making me feel very bad about what I've achieved this year, which is really not a lot. <laughs> no, don't feel bad, please. I, I feel like I've worked too much and I always... I'm like, oh, my God, I need to do something. What's next? What's next? So sometimes I feel envious of the more chill lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah, fair. I know it is pretty good waking up at, you know, 8.30 every morning, going to the beach and getting a coffee, which is what I do most mornings. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's It's a tough life. Uh, Now, you do have a new single out at the moment. I've got a snippet of it here. It's called Know Me Better. Know Me Better. to say, Isaiah, I like a song with a good beat drop in it, and that has got a good beat drop in it. Oh, yes. When I first when I first heard like that production of the song, mm. when I before there was lyrics, that that beat drop just sold that song yeah, for me. So right. Completely agree. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's an absolute cracker. So get around it now on Spotify. Uh, just quickly before I let you go. Um, the COVID drama that's hit the Mars Singer set, did you manage to avoid that? Because obviously production got shut down because seven dancers tested positive. Were you around yeah. for that? or? Yeah, we were filming Finale mm. and um, we were basically rehearsing and just about to film the actual episode for the Finale. And then, um, yeah, we got told that there was an outbreak and everyone, it was a little bit stressful for a second there, but we all were under control and... I'm fine. I've got a my test is negative. <laughs> thank yeah, God. Thank God. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was a little bit weird, I guess, for everyone there because you know all the crew and and even all the contestants and guesting panel, we kind of all have to isolate. Yeah. But you know, t- Channel Ten and and Warner Brothers, they do such a great job at you know all the COVID stuff and making sure people are you know, hygienic and all the rest of it. And, yeah, like, just the experience being on the show, like, I've never been at a more hygienic place. Yeah. I've been <laughs> washing my hands every freaking five seconds. Yeah, right. And I suppose you never really took your mask off because even a bunch of the crew and stuff don't know who you are, right? Exactly. Like, like 5% of people, not even that, like, Five people out of that whole production would yeah. know who I am. Right. So, so even your backup saw, dancers everyone... don't know who they're dancing with? No, no, really? no, 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 no. It's all that secret. It really is. Yeah, right. 
There you go. That's crazy. Well, I suppose you're the safest one there then because of your, you're constantly wearing your mask. Yeah. <laughs> you never have yeah, to be. Yeah, so true. I yeah. think. Amazing. Yeah, I think we were, we were all pretty, pretty safe because we were all, uh, you know, wearing masks and then we're actually in the mask, like the costume as well. So yeah, they were pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, well, good on you, Isaiah. You were a joy to watch and um, I can't wait to see all this other new stuff that you're coming out with, your legend. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited. Thanks so much, Ellie. Ellie and Bex. 91.9 CFM. Ellie and Bex. Mouth Trumpet. Yes, this is my favourite game, though, so I'm happy to be able to play it. Mouth Trumpet, where I will just use my mouth and I'll trumpet a song that, let's face it, will sound exactly like I'm playing an instrument because it's pretty much the same thing, whatever. If you know the title and artist of the song that I'm trumpeting, then give us a call. Jamie and Maruccio, hello. Hi, Ellie. Now, this has been quite hotly contested, Jamie. There's a lot of people on hold right now hoping that you get this wrong, okay? So does that make you feel good or bad? Oh, I got this in the bag. You got it in the bag. Well, very <laughs> confident. Um, all right, I'm going to trumpet it for you one more time. You got to tell me what it is. <clears throat> That's all I'm going to give you because you sound too confident. I don't want to give it away. Oh, what you, do you think it is? You've already given it away. <laughs> it's Jason Drewell, I riding for solo. Bow! Bow! Indeed. I'm playing it because I am indeed writing solo today, so I thought it would make me feel better. Good job, Jamie. How quickly did you get that? Pretty good. You're pretty good with the mouth trumpet. Thank you. Thank you. I figure if my career in radio falls over, I'll just go join like a concert band or something and just trumpet in the background. Yeah? Yeah? (laughs) Okay, cool. Glad I've got your support. Well, congratulations, my friend. You are this week's mouth trumpeter. You can wear that bumper sticker with pride, even though we don't actually have them yet. When we do, you'll be getting one, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Saying you are the Sunny Coast mouth trumpeter. (laughs) Thank you. Ellie and Bex. 91.9 CFM.